Welcome to the ITAM Review Podcast, news, reviews and resources for ITAM, SAM and software licensing professionals. Hello and welcome to the ITAM Review Podcast. My name is David Foxen uh, and I'm an analyst here. And today we are talking about doing software asset management on the cheap. Uh, I'm joined by three prestige guests. Uh, first of all, we have Mr. Paul Immergluck. Hello, Paul. Hi there. So, uh, Paul, tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. So um, uh, I'm a vice president at uh, AnglePoint. I've been working in software compliance and software asset management for the the last 10 years. I've worked both as an auditor and as a SAM consultant. And uh, at at AnglePoint, we we specialize in software licensing, uh, tool installation, configuration, and and SAM uh, data management and overall SAM service implementation. And uh, many of us have worked as software auditors for major software vendors. So, so, so we, we know how uh, we, we know both sides of the coin. Thank you very much, Paul. We have Mr. Sam Processes himself, Mr. Rory Canavan. Hello, Rory. Hi, David. How are you? Good, thank you. Tell us a bit about yourself. Okay, so um, I founded uh, Sam Charter nearly three years ago now after having worked for a, a series of uh, software companies, uh, Sam Suite providers uh, and also a reseller. Um, and I, I take the approach from doing Sam currently as a, as a consultant very much from the process perspective. So we, we look to remain agnostic to the point where the tool actually goes in, um, just to make sure that actually the uh, um, the business actually receives the benefit of Sam, uh, and then we work our way down to, to the operational aspects. Thank you, Rory. And finally, we have Mr. Martin Thompson, who is the godfather of the ITAM review. Hello, Martin. Hi, David. How are you doing? Uh, who are you again? Do you want to introduce yourself? Or? I'm Martin uh, from the ITAM Review, and my primary role is to keep David in check. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, so, gents, doing Sam on the cheap, we often hear that organisations don't implement software asset management because they feel it's a drain on resources and finances. So first of all, I'd like to kick off by saying, what are the small SAM tasks or processes that can be implemented that do not like create a big outflow of cash? Like where, where would you suggest that an organization with limited resources, limited money starts for implementing SAM? The floor is open. Who wants to take this one first? Sure. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll have a go. Um... So uh, some of the things that I've seen customers focusing on really, uh, uh, if, they, if they're looking to do it a bit more cheaply, is, is what, can they, what can they do that's going to return the, the, the best ROI in the short term? So some, some examples might be uh, doing some contract reviews to ensure that the favorable terms have, have been included and that unfavorable terms have been excluded, for example, or, or maybe uh, reviewing software usage just for a specific vendor um, to support the maintenance renewal process. So if they can, if they can identify that uh, a bunch of the software is being unused, they could potentially cease paying maintenance on that software and save a whole bunch of money. Um, and doing those kind of things doesn't necessarily mean fully implementing a sustainable SAM solution, but uh, they have SAM exercises and they, they will give you a, a good ROI. 
So the only outlay there is the SAM professional's time, basically. Yeah, absolutely. And there may be um, some effort there in, in tools and things like that. Maybe we can talk about tools and how to save money there later. Um, but, but yeah, it's, it's more about the professional's time and, and, and some limited tool use for, for discovery. Speaking of processes, Mr. Rory Canavan is the SAM processes god. Um, his SAM toolkit, processes toolkit rather, is on our website, available for the bargain price of $99. Um, little pitch out there. Rory, based on your knowledge of processes, are there any that a SAM, that an organization can implement free or on the cheap that will help them kickstart their SAM project? Um, yeah, there are, there are a couple. Um, it's as much about housekeeping. It's getting us to that point where you trust the data that's actually going into your SAM system. So, so first and foremost, um, any any sort of control around requests, requests of software would be uh, a, a huge benefit. Um, and also control around finance as well. One thing that I find in organisations, if they're particularly weak in SAM, they're also weak in control of finance. So they'll give carte blanche to budget holders to spend money on uh, software, how they like, where they like, when they like. So if you can corral them back um, ar around such sort of um, um, liberal activities, then uh, then you put yourself in a better position and you play to economies of scale as well because you're you're going through improved channel for your purchases. Um, also, uh, there's, a, there's a couple more, periodically actually, just, just doing something as, as simple as checking actually whether you've got the licenses in reserve as well. So you don't automatically rubber stamp the request when it comes in. Um, it could be that you've already bought the license and you can deploy what you've already purchased. Um, Finally, too, making sure that actually once you deploy the software, um, that there is evidence of purchase in place or, or evidence of entitlement. So, so that the packaging team don't automatically roll out um, what they believe the, the end user needs rather than actually checking what's been bought. So if there's any sort of disconnect there, you, you avoid compliance woes at the root cause before, before the software hits the network. So those would be my kind of top three, I think. Uh, Martin, do you think that it's realistic to say that you can implement SAM on the cheap and have it as a sustainable project, or do you think that organisations need to actually invest resources and finance to make software asset management a success in the long run? Uh, I think... Um... I think you can you do it on the cheap, yes. Uh, I think a lot of organisations, as you said last week, David, the um, the most popular SAM tool on the planet is Excel. Um, and, and I think a lot of organisations are just doing that in Excel. And I think a lot of this stuff, actually, the fundamentals of SAM is actually doesn't require any tools at all. Um, it, a lot of the processes, a lot of the checks and balances, a lot of the conversations with the people in your organisation don't require a budget. It's just talking with people. I think what the, what the, where the expense comes in is the additional resource in your team and the tools and the, um, you know, the, the, the services you might need to help you, which take away some of the heavy lifting. But the actual fundamentals uh, can be done um, just with hard work, I think. Okay, just so... A, sorry, Paul. Yeah, I was just going to say, just to add to that, I, I think I've I found that um, the size of the company plays a big role. So 
if, if, if I speak to some some of the larger customers that I've spoken to, that their view would be to even make changes to, to a specific part of an overall SAM process, like what Rory was saying. So optimizing the process of installing software or the process of removing software, for example, or the request to fulfillment process of, of buying software, and even just changing something small like that in a 100,000 seat organization is a, is, a, is a big laborious exercise. But if you're talking a 500 seat organization, 1,000 seat organization, um, it, it may, be, uh, may be much, much easier to, to do it and, and, and to do it much in the way that Martin's just mentioned. So if you with, with also with, with I just want I just want to throw in there as well. There is a, a sort of a proportional cost benefit analysis as well. Yeah. So um, you know, obviously, if you're doing it in your your global organisations, it may be a bigger job to actually do. But the benefits of potentially doing it are are, are you know vastly increased over and above an organisation that's you know five hundred to a thousand seats. So it's, it's proportional. The amount of time and effort you put in. Um, does depend on the size and scale of the organisation. So, what, what what point would you suggest that uh, an organisation needs to invest in people, tools, uh, and processes? So, you're saying maybe um, maybe two thousand five hundred users, or do you think there's a cutoff point where an organisation does have like can manage their software asset management through Excel without specialist knowledge, uh, just through like the IT or procurement departments. What what's the cutoff point? Uh, who's who's this to Dave? Is to, to me? Anyone? Or? Anyone? So I think the uh, uh, I think the cutoff point there would be be, be quite low. Um, you, you know, we're talking about. Uh, uh, you know, up to maybe 500 seats, in, in my opinion. Um, th these tasks are over and above what somebody that may be an IT manager or an assistant in, in a small IT department for 500 seat company. Uh, to, to start doing these extra things is quite time consuming for them. Um, so uh, uh, my, my to, to do SAM effectively, I, I think that number would be quite low, but it, it really depends on what the objectives are. Um, there are many things that an organization can do that are of, of, a, na of a SAM nature that, that can help improve the way that they manage their licenses that aren't necessarily uh, implementing a SAM, uh, a, an overall SAM process um, that's sustainable within the organization. So uh, I think first the question for that organization would be is what are you trying to achieve? Um, and, and if you're trying to achieve uh, an all-singing, all-dancing solution, then, yeah, you are going to need some more people. But if you're looking to do point-in-time-based exercises, then, then maybe not. Maybe that is something that the existing IT team can manage or, or, or procurement team. I agree. And, uh, this, sorry, this is Martin. And I think um, I, I've seen SAM being done in an organisation with 80 devices, and but they were particularly focused on software and had an extraordinarily large amount of software in their estate. Uh, it depends on the company's attitude to risk. How much risk can they afford? And, and about the, you know, when you start getting into Microsoft agreements, for example, or, or volume agreements like 250 seats, then, you know, the, the risk and the amount of money you're spending begins to really build up. So it's worth looking at it. Yeah, so basically what you're saying is it, it's um, unique to each organisation and the general attitude towards software and risk and the amount of software that's actually installed in the estate. So if, if um, what are the pitfalls? I mean, 
doing Sam on the cheap is great and um, you know it helps organize that doing Sam on the cheap is better than not doing software asset management at all but what are some of the pitfalls that you've seen or you think there are to doing Sam on the cheap or not investing the resources and the finances and the time into software asset management I think that's a really good question um, and and it's something that um, I've seen people make mistakes very costly mistakes um, in the past um, and it already comes down to doing half jobs so um, a lot of companies I've seen in the past have, have looked to use um, inappropriate tools for example for a larger scale exercise you know a couple of thousand seats and and you know a couple of hundred servers um, and uh, if those tools aren't, uh, aren't good tools then there's a risk that the data that they're collecting is not fully reflective of, of of the license consumption. So to give you an example of that, you know, how, how, how accurately is that free tool that you're using capturing CPU counts? How will, for example, determine the ratio between threads to cores to CPUs? It doesn't get that right. You know, how well do those tools understand multiplexed software applications where many connections are filtered through one user account um, and, and but the license metric for that software application is, is per user right so how are those tools measuring the front end and and I think if, if people are using basic tools and not understanding um, the limitations of those tools um, then they can do invest a lot of time to, to get some uh, a to get a comprehensive data set um, but because they're not uh, doing it the right way they end up wasting a lot of money and then if an audit happens uh, that they may need to pay a lot more money um, so uh, so this is one of the examples that I've seen a number of times um, and it does cost it really does cost yeah I think uh, I think to echo Paul's comments as well I think if you're if you're going to do Sam on the cheap what you'll find is that the the output and the results that you achieve will Will only go so far in the organisation. So if you're if you're hoping that somehow software asset management is going to influence the the purpose and direction of the organisation you work for, and you're still doing it on the cheap, I think it's it's a long shot. It really is because you're only going to get so far with uh, with the results that you produce. Um, to to then try and take that up to the board and say, oh, by the way, this can influence our contract renewals. This can influence our business directives. Um, it's it's very difficult to demonstrate um, in in that respect. Martin, anything to add? Yeah, with um, with fear of sounding like the teacher's pet on the podcast, David. Um, I've actually I've actually got I did a I did an article for ServiceNow last year, um, which said which was seventeen projects that you can do if you've got no budget, basically. And I can att attach that to the show notes. Um, but but all of this is about is not that you want to do it on the cheap, but that you don't have the justification to do it yet, and that there's things that you can do to build up your justification. Um, you know, rather than just saying Gartner says this or Forrester says this about Sam, and basing it on speculation. Well, says this. Right, exactly. Yeah. You know, rather than basing it on speculation, you can actually base it on real data. So there was there's 17 projects you can dig into that will cost very little or no money uh, that you can start building up some intelligence in which to build up your justification to then go and get some finance, go and get some support. So 
Yeah, doing it on the cheap can only get you so far before you then need the senior management support and investment to take you that step further. So um, if you're, you've just been introduced uh, to a new organization, they want you to be their single point of contact for software asset management. They've said the only budget that you have is for your salary and they're expecting you to try and implement SAM the best you can with limited to no resources. What steps would you, as the SAM professional, take to try and make some sort of inroads um, and to build up a justification for a bigger investment into SAM? So, Paul, I'd say you are the first SAM professional into the room. Come in. How are you going to do SAM with no unlimited resources to build justification so that we will invest in software asset management in the future? Thanks, Dave. That's a, that's a great question, and I'm sure that's a situation that many people listening will have uh, 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 faced. Um, so uh, uh, the key point that you mentioned is, is about building a, a stronger business case for investment. Um, there isn't a terrific amount that you can do to uh, uh, to improve overall sound processes one person, but you can start doing some uh, point-in-time exercises that will uh, save the company money straight away. So a good example of that would be uh, uh, working on, on software renewals, uh, identifying when some of the major uh, software maintenance renewals are coming up and uh, doing discovery exercises to work out whether what you're using is it matches uh, what you're paying for your maintenance renewal. And immediately you could save a lot of money there. Um, uh, another example could be uh, uh, working on the, the contracts uh, to uh, negotiate out favorable, uh, sorry, negotiate in favorable terms for yourselves and negotiate out unfavorable terms like audit clauses, for example. Um, doing those two things alone um, and uh, uh, working out the revenue saving and putting that into a business case can um, often justify bringing in additional headcount um, so that you can kickstart your journey into a, a more robust SAM sustainable process. So that would be a starting point there, David. Thank you, Paul. Uh, next up, if we've got the next candidate, Mr. Rory Canavan. Please tell me how you would approach uh, a, a free, basically, version of software asset management within our organization. Okay, well, I think the first thing I would do is actually attempt to, to scope the deliverables. So we make sure that People don't have an idea. They don't run away with, um, you know, compliance reports and optimised licence positions um, off, off the back of a spreadsheet. Uh, make sure that we get some sense of control into the organisation. So I think I think I really want to go back to the three points that I raised previously. Uh, demonstrate some control in the organisation so that any data that is is brought forward into a compliance report through request, purchase, and deployment um, can be relied upon. Um, it's difficult to do without a tool, perhaps, but I would also recommend um, some activity around um, uh, recycling or asset harvesting of uh, software installs. Um, and I think that should provide enough evidence to, to provide a, a review point sort of six to 12 months down the line to say, right, guys, you really need to be moving away from the spreadsheet. You need to be thinking about a tool to move forward, perhaps additional resource, perhaps thinking about training, those kind of things that that companies are reluctant to do to spend money in the first instance. Thank you, Rory. And for our last candidate, Martin, how would you help us improve our SAM with uh, no resources or budget? So does this organisation have some sort of inventory in place? 
No. No. What? Not at all. No, we we literally we're a new company. Well, we're not new, but we've got five thousand people here. We have no idea what we're doing. Um, I'm a new IT director, and I'm restructuring the whole of IT. I've heard about this thing called software asset management, and I'm now interviewing you guys for. for so you've for got role. you've got no inventory whatsoever, even SCCM or something. Um, we, we're looking at SCCM, but no, we haven't at the moment. Everything's done by disk. To, uh, install software. We don't do packaging. We're, we're very prehistoric here. Okay, we've even got floppy disks around. So, okay. do, do you actually have a bed, a bed in the office, so that um, obviously you don't have enough time to travel home at night? <laughs> yeah, I live next door to the office. Um, no wife, no kids. Um, yeah. Oh, go on, Martin. Okay. So, in in addition to uh, Paul, Paul made a great point about renewals. Um, in addition to that, I'd also look at the churn uh, as a starting point. Um, so, what sort of requests are coming for new software? Even if it's a, if it's a, you know, a relatively um, staid environment with not much change and not much growth in the company, there's still going to be a turnover of software requests of people wanting small uh, applications here and there, and that's a good. That can be a good source of um, uh, of money saving straight away if you tap into it. Okay, Martin, you mentioned earlier about um, having a number of processes that um, you can do on a lean ITAM budget. Were, what were the key ones from that? Um, I would say things like, I've, I've got this blog post in front of me, I'm just going to pick out a few examples that jump out of me, uh, jump out of me, jump, jump out at <laughs> me. Uh, things like... Um, in order to get more accurate software, um, you can, you know, it's good to start with accurate hardware, and you can start doing like a hardware amnesty. You can get people to give back any kit they might have, claw back any spare de laptops and desktops that are under desks that are hidden in cupboards. Um, that doesn't cost you any money. That's just pounding the pavement and and speaking to people, and that's a good way of clawing back software because all of these bits of hardware have got software on them. Um, you could look at the change management process. You know, um, eighty percent of software spend and risk is supposed to be in the data center, and most people's data centers only change via a change request. So, if you tap into that change process, you can often trip over a lot of software risk and 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 address a lot of the changes that are going on there. That doesn't cost you any money. That's just speaking to people. Um, you can go around and eyeball machines. You can go and spot check them yourself. You know, you can go and check people's devices and see what they've got on them. That doesn't cost you any money. Um, what else could we do? Um, you could go and sit next to the service desk team, see how they're rebuilding machines, see how they're fixing and installing software, and change their processes. Uh, that doesn't cost any money. I mean, the list goes on. I mean, tools, technology, and people do help you with Sam, but there's so much things you could do that don't cost anything. I think Martin wins. Martin, you're hired. <laughs> you just listed me loads of things we can do that are for free, and I heard saving money. So as the IT manager that works 24 hours a day and has the IT director breathing down my neck. But you, I'm, I'm afraid I, I, we, haven't discussed, okay, so we haven't discussed salary yet, though. <laughs> 
Oh, forgot to mention this is a voluntary position. What? Yeah, thank you very much. And for just simply for coming, you have accepted a position. Um, <laughs> we've taken your keys and your phone at the entrance. You may never leave. <laughs> okay, so we're speaking of the same organisation. We are now a year down the road. Um, a free infantry tool has been implemented, uh, which there are some about. Look out for the OCS inventory review coming soon. Uh, um, we now have um, SCCM as well to help us package and, again, another data set to look at our hardware and software assets. What next can I do in terms of technologies or processes to start saving money without spending money? Um, I'll, I'll leap in there. There was one that I perhaps could have launched into um, in my previous pitch, but um, now seems as good a point as any. One thing you could do as well, of course, is actually um, be mean with your supported software catalog. So when your requests for software actually come through, if they're not off a prescribed list that either IT or you as the IT director have approved, um, then, then you're in a position to reject them. You don't don't install everything just because it's been requested. There has to be some sense of rigor there. And um, the, the advantage for that from a SAM perspective is that it, it reduces the thimble hunt on searches for entitlements as well. Um, and that there are knock-on consequences to your help desk as well. So, um, because if you start limiting the amount of software that can actually be requested, um, they're not having to keep up with every, every flavor and iteration of release of software that, that seemingly could be installed at, at a user's whim. So how would you suggest that we create um streamlined and standardized software catalog could, could we just do it in word or excel you know i have no money to invest in any fancy systems we've got just to make things even worse we've got a free itsm tool um because our director really is stingy uh, so could we literally build our software catalog into an excel or word document yeah you, you could do i mean it would be it would be harder to do i'd be inclined to um Rip off your inventory data, take, take a snapshot of your inventory data and actually try and find out first and foremost what's installed. Um, and then assign business criticality to, to those given titles. Um, and, and then give it a traffic light, a, a traffic light assessment. Um, and that essentially would be your list then at that point. But there are other factors to, to consider in all of that as well. Um, technology roadmaps, for example, do you really want to be giving a green light to, you know, Office 2003 or, or you know, CS2, Adobe CS2? These products are, are long gone in terms of support. Um, do you really want to be running the company on them then at that point? Sorry, Paul, before you continue, I must say that Martin's only on a one-year contract, so... Um. <laughs> You guys are fighting for year two of our Sam on a budget. Um, he's done a very good job implementing free tools, but we're just looking for that extra push. Paul, how can you help save us money? We've got the free inventory tool. We kind of know what's out there. We've got ACCM. We, we, we're kind of starting to um, address our asset uh, accuracy and looking at software. What, what more can we do? How can we save money without spending money? Sure. So just to, just before I go into that, just on the, the last point on the, on the software catalog, um, uh, it's important to understand in all of these cases, what are you actually trying to get out of it? Um, it it's easy to 
uh, create a list of software that the business has, but what are you actually doing with that list? How are you using it to um, control the, the level, the support levels, which applications in the business are supported, um, version levels, for, uh, which might be relevant for security and patching, um, uh, access to installation media, um, or, or how, how is that catalog used to actually facilitate the request for, for purchase for software or just the request to use. So if you want to actually start incorporating um, all of those processes in, uh, into the software catalog or moreover using the software catalog to support those processes, it's going, the costs are going to start escalating. So it's just, again, what are you trying to get out of it? And, and then back to cost. Um, and, and then to your, your, your point, if you have some free tools in place, again, it's, it's cheap to implement a free tool, um, uh, it, at least in terms of the, the software costs, but it may not necessarily be cheap to manage it. So um, assuming you've got some basic functionality in there, um, I, I like uh, Rory's suggestion earlier about reharvesting. If, if, you've, if you've got the ability to understand whether or not software has actually been used by a user, um, uh, then um, you, you start to have the ability to make decisions around whether or not that software should continue to be installed and, and things like that. And, and as we were discussing earlier, it's a scale thing, right? If, if, if you've got uh, a large organization and hundreds of installations and, and a lot of them aren't being used, you can start to save a heck of a lot of money just by reducing, uh, reducing that in, uh, installation base. And that might even pay for my second year salary. I don't know. Whoa, whoa. Let's wait and see what you do year three first. Uh, Martin, to keep your job, how, how would you continue to make progress and save the organization money whilst also highlighting the importance of software asset management and your role? So uh, I've got to justify why I need to stay on for free for a second year, have I? Yep. Correct. <laughs> well, my, uh, I'm a masochist. <laughs> Now you'll just ask Sam guinea pig. Okay. Uh, so I've so I've just got you've got free tools in, and I'm now beginning to see what, yep. I've, what I've got out on the network, right? Yep. So I would look at um, low hanging fruit in terms of um, software removal and um, and consolidating license agreements. So things things like you know, high value but low volume things like Autodesk or something like that, you know, $5,000 a, a seat and look at really what's being used, yeah. looking at the, the inventory and then start picking away at that. So that's your plan for the year, is it, sir? <laughs> um, you, mean, could, can, you could throw... Got a... some very strong candidates, Martin. <laughs> I feel bullied. <laughs> All right, okay, so for year two, I think I'm going to have to go with Paul. Um, what? Thank you for your services, Martin, but, <laughs> but but we're going to implement Paul. Okay, year three. I'm not sure I've got a fair deal there, by the way. It, it appears now that I'm spending a year working for free, so I don't know. Yeah. Maybe we should have a discussion about this. No, definitely not. But <laughs> you, you have accepted that. No, welcome. Um, we are now one year further on down the line. We've got... SECM and our free tool implemented, and thanks to Paul's hard work, we now have uh, some sort of SAM um, support from senior management. We are now looking at our 
contracts, our software contracts, and we're looking at possibly moving away from the big boys like Adobe and Microsoft because we have identified cheaper alternatives. Um, Paul, we'll start with you as this is your job uh, and you need to save it. Um, how would you recommend that we start evaluating and looking and researching for cheaper alternatives for our expensive software? And how can we ensure that by implementing cheaper or free software that we're not going to uh, interrupt our workers or stop productivity because we're, we're very we're very high on productivity they're enjoying the current software but we are open to implementing free or cheaper software sure so there are a number of um, free software uh, products out there that, that can can be replaced uh, or can can replace um, standard business applications and I, I won't go and list them all but um, uh, those are things that, that you can explore um, but we will need to make the investment to understand what the actual license terms and conditions are for those uh, we might find that actually it's uh, it's quite a, a complex matter to manage those um, over time and that's something that we need to price up as well um, in, in terms of just reducing the cost of the existing software install base um, now we've got all these fancy tools in place. Uh, we're able to get a better sense of uh, common productivity software across the, the business. And we've discovered that there's all sorts of different version levels there. And, 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 and that's costing us a lot of money. And it's not, not just in terms of the SAM organization. It's, it's uh, uh, in, in terms of support, you know, help desk costs. Um, uh, it's uh, uh, costing a lot to keep control of the different media and install it. Uh, we should probably... You look at using this data to start rationalizing our software install base, re reducing the amount of uh, business applications that are doing the same thing. And, and we can do that now because we have the data. So that would be a, a, a starting point. The other thing is if, we, if, we look, if we're looking to move away from uh, a little bit those business productivity applications or software that we were looking at in the first couple of years and start looking more at the enterprise level, the IBMs and things like that. There are some other tools out there, uh, for example, like ILMT that we can start deploying and configuring so that we can uh, do the same kind of things um, uh, that we've been doing the first couple of years, but doing it for enterprise software, which carries a lot more expense. So those are the areas that I'd, 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 I'd start looking at, but there are plenty of others. Excellent. Rory? So um, I think one of the first things I've been looking to do is to have perhaps maybe um, invest in a piece of software to replace the IT director. So we can, we can, we can perhaps um, find a, a software title that, you know, can... What, what's that thing um, that you, you get on the iPad that tells you people... Siri? No, not Siri. What is it? The Akinator. That's it. Something like that to perhaps replace the IT director, because that's free and that probably makes more sense. Um, but wow. <laughs> um, well, just think of the salaries. Think of the salary savings as. Yeah, it's it, it's it's warm. This, the prospect of this job is just warming my heart. But um, I, I think one thing we need to do. With, Martin touched on um, in in year one, um, doing a physical check of the of the hardware and making sure that actually we've we've got our scope confirmed. Um, I think moving forward into year three, we've actually got to look at the roles of devices and make sure that we get the dev, the test, the high availability, the clustering, get those devices aligned to the licenses, um, make sure that um, uh, we've got control around the data center as to what these these actually, the roles these devices actually do and make sure that we understand that while Oracle may call something dev, that probably means that it still needs a production license, whereas Microsoft might be a bit more lenient in that regard. 
Um, so, so understanding the roles of the devices that, or the platforms is absolutely vital. Um, yeah, Paul touched on on sort of uh, product rationalisation. So we get we, we reduce down on the, um, the versions, editions, and releases releases of, of essentially the same titles. Um, I, I think too we need to sort of take a, a step away from Sam and start to look at perhaps what Sam can do for the wider IT disciplines and also the wider element of the business also. Um, so how how can we get our, our free stroke paid for tools to help with information security? How can we get it to help with the service desk? And that draws into question then the, the reporting capabilities of our free tool to date. Is it, is it actually going to service those needs? Or are we perhaps going to have to invest in something that will actually support the business moving forward? Hmm, interesting. Rory, welcome. Join us. <laughs> hey, hey, I haven't had my interview yet. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Uh, Fine, no point after Rory's answer, but go on, Martin. You're back, are you? God, <laughs> Jesus. You've come back for your old job. Well, I'd like to say, first of all, after three years of abuse and um, exploitation, I will only accept this offer, should I get it, if I can take 25% of all cost avoidance I, I find. You open to that? No deal. No. Come on. It's only been one year anyway. You were sacked after the first year. Oh, nice. Okay. Well, what you only saved money. You, you said that the objective was to look at cheaper alternatives. And you only save money with cheaper alternatives if you're actually spending money on your existing uh, estate, i.e. you're replacing it you know, with renewals or you're, you're getting requests for the same software that's more expensive. So you need. I would look at the volume of requests that are coming in and also the renewals that are coming up and actually see where the money's going to be spent and where the cheaper, cheaper alternatives will actually make an impact. Uh, and then I would go find out those targets, and then I'd go out to the business and actually ask and and talk with the people that use that software, and actually look at what they need it for, and then build up a business case in their language that they understand about how much money they're going to save, so it's they're they're fully on board, and then you go out and implement. Okay, uh, still hire Rory. What? Um, I think we need fresh blood into the organisation. Um, I think he made some key points, um, and yeah, Rory, you're hired. Uh, so if we go even further down the line, we're now in the fourth year. I've actually lost my job. Um, the company has folded, uh, and none of you have a job because, yeah, basically I, I couldn't manage the IT department because I didn't want to invest in Sam. I should have gone Rory. for that software application to replace you, I think. Yeah, I think um, Rory, Rory failed to implement it in his third year. He just couldn't get rid of me. In all seriousness, though, well, we, we've we've um, touched on a number of facts and a number of points on how to do SAM cheaply, but realistically, do you think that you could do SAM on the cheap and how long could you do it for until it becomes unsustainable and you do need that investment in resources and tools? Because, and, I mean, from a past experience, free, free tools and one single SAM resource can only get you so far. I think that's a good question, David, and it may, may take a moment just to answer. Just talk uh, the, the, the back and forth we've had for the last 15 minutes uh, looking at cheap tools and, and things like that. We've always got to remember what is a tool, right? It, it's, it's, it's something that's, re that's automating 
something which was previously done by humans. So if, if it's not doing that effectively or it's not doing what we need, we're still going to need a human to pick up the pieces. And that could that that could result in a lot of other costs that may be a bit more hidden than just paying for a tool and ongoing maintenance for that tool. So that's just something to bear in mind. And, and then to the general question, um, I don't think Sam is a... Uh, if you think of SAM as, a, as a, an ongoing service or a process inside an organization like configuration management or hardware asset management, it's, it's not something you can do cheaply. It, it, it's a process that integrates with a number of other processes in the business. There's data that it shares with a number of other processes in the business. And it, 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 it's not cheap to make all those integrations and, and create all those processes and, and do that business change. It can, yeah, it can cost quite a lot of money, particularly for a large organization. Um, but there are things that businesses can do that, that aren't necessarily implementing SAM, but are of a SAM nature um, that, that can, uh, can bring back an immediate return on investment. And a lot of things that we have discussed already on, on the podcast. And I think, uh, I, I think that's how I think, that's how I think about it really. SAM can't really be done on the cheap, but there are a lot of things that you can do and that are, uh, are going to give a good immediate ROI. So, Rory, can it realistically be done, implemented and be successful with a limited on the cheap budget? Cheap is relative, isn't it? Because what, what might be cheap for a global organisation would make um, a 500 seat organisation swoon. So um, I think I, I would be inclined, if I was an IT director and I had to replace you, David, um, I, I, would be looking, I would be looking at my, my budget as, as allocated by, um, by the finance director and taking a set percentage of that and dedicating it towards IT asset management. Um, and I would try and figure out some method or means by which to actually do that so it's proportional to the size of the IT estate. Um, that then would give you a workable budget to, to get stuck in. And also, um, you, you know, an overall factor of, of how much you are actually spending in relation to your, your, your IT budget on, on software asset management. So that's the point at which then you assess is it cheap or is it... Uh, is it value for money or is it expensive? Yeah, agreed. Martin? Can it be done on the cheap? Um, no. I think you can start to make inroads. You can start to build up your business justification. And there's lots of things that you can do that don't cost money. But ultimately, you will need to invest in it to do it properly. Um, and the you know, reason why you should do that is, yes, you've got compliance. Yes, you've got efficiency. But ultimately, I think as, as more and more people are dependent on IT to run their businesses, it's actually going to be about competitive edge. If you're not managing what you've got properly, you can't move fast and you lose that agility. So you're losing out on competitive edge compared to your competitors if you're not doing it properly. So basically, in conclusion, no, you can't do SAM successfully on the cheap and you do need Cheap Sam can only get you so far, which I guess is the same as like a a cheap car wouldn't be any good at a track day. Whereas you know, you know buying a Sam solution will help you achieve two hundred miles an hour, or you know whatever the analogy is. So um, we're coming up to the end of the podcast now. Unbelievably, we've done an hour. Um, time flies when you're 
getting your Sam geek on. So if I can ask you all for just three pieces of advice to um, an IT manager or a Sam professional who does have limited resources, if you can offer him three pieces of advice, what would they be? If we start with you, Martin. Uh, don't work for David Foxen. That's number one. <laughs> wow. Don't number two is don't work for free. Sam is a very buoyant career. There's lots of opportunities out there, and you don't need to do a free apprenticeship to justify yourself. Uh, and number three is most importantly, money talks. So everything that you're doing to justify Sam and to build your Sam practice, do it in money terms because that's that you know money money talks, and people appreciate that outside of the technical and arena. Cool, Paul. Um, obviously, your first piece of advice would be to work for David Foxen because he's a Sam beast. But go on. only only long enough, only long enough so that I can understand how to replace him with a, with a software product and possibly take some of his salary. <laughs> but, uh, wow. but yeah, yeah, I know, I know. You're not not getting the love, are you? I'm not. <laughs> not. Never mind. Um, yeah, I um, <laughs> yeah, hear my sympathies. I. I I'd invest time to uh, to understand um, how you can save the business money immediately, right? Somebody mentioned before this idea of low-hanging fruit. I, I think the business case is such an important thing. We've all spoken about it, um, and, and I think that would be the first thing that you do. Work out how much money you could save the business in, in the short term. Um, then, then do some background research to understand where the process failures are. Rory mentioned some really good process areas and uh, earlier and, and I mentioned some too. Um, it'd be good to do the, the kind of, if you like, the functional requirements of what your process is going to be, to do that assessment early on. Um, and then uh, uh, three, start investing some time to understand what tool capabilities you have. And, and again, work out what your functional requirements are there too. What do you actually need out of a tool and understand whether or not those tools are, uh, are meeting those requirements. And, and, and all three of those things are things that, that one individual can start to work on. So. Thank you. Uh, Rory, finally, your top three. Finally, um, I would say when you when you start out any sort of SAM um, initiative or any, any project, regardless of it being IT or otherwise, you, you need to make sure that your goals are, are smart to keep them specific, measurable, attributable, realistic and time-based. Um, at that point, then, you can quite clearly state to the business, this is what I'm trying to do. This is the direction I'm going in. Um, you know, you'll need to meet me a certain part of the way, um, and these will be the uh, the deliverables that they're in. Um, advice number two: um, make sure you have half decent communication skills because you're never going to do this on your own. Um, and when you start to analyse where the data comes from for a compliance report, you'll, you'll very quickly realise that a lot of it is going to come from outside of the IT department. So. You know, getting getting the IT blinkers on and pulling yourself into a monitor all day is not necessarily going to be the best best route to get that data to uh, to get an effective report. Here, here. Um, and <laughs> thank you. And finally, I think is to is to have one eye on the future as well. So, your the organisation you work for by the time you say join in year one, by year three or by year four, will have possibly changed direction. Will have certainly changed in size or scale so don't be don't be afraid to reinvent what you've already come up with so far um but but stay flexible stay try and future proof whatever whatever work you do today so stay bendy keep doing those stretches stay flexible absolutely
<laughs> um, thank you very much, gents. Um, I'm going to go cry now after being told that I'm a rubbish IT director um, and that they'd rather have a robot than work for me, which is just ah oh, shattering. Um, just, just don't 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 cry in the server room. We, we need to keep as much moisture out of the server room as possible. Uh, <laughs> thanks, Paul. You're definitely going to be invited back for another podcast. <laughs> anyway, moving on from the abuse and bullying that I've received, I hope that um, you found it useful um, and that you've picked up some hints and tips on how you can do Sam on the Cheap um, and how ultimately doing some on the cheap can then help you build your business justification to having an investment and senior management senior management supporting sam for what it's worth um, i think that uh, like the other podcast guests have said that you can only get so far by doing some on the cheap um, but hey i'm a rubbish it director so what do i know um Anyway, it's uh, a thank you very much uh, for listening. Um, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and subscribe to our newsletter. Um, uh, and it's a goodbye from me, David Foxen. Uh, it's goodbye from Paul. Goodbye. It's goodbye from Rory. Hello, folks. Thank you. And finally, goodbye from Mr. Martin Thompson. Goodbye, folks. Thanks for listening. <laughs>